Hey, welcome back to the Front Door Church Podcast. My name is Dave Shrine, and this is... Justin Trapp. And we are so glad that you're here hanging out with us a little bit more. You know, folks could be doing a lot of different things with their time. They could. And the fact that you've chosen to listen to this miserable <laughs> podcast. <laughs> we question your sanity. No, we'll make it We'll make it well worth your time. Yes. Um, I've spent a lot of years as a church communications director, and now I spend a lot of time in marketing. Uh, you have spent a lot of time in marketing and a lot of time in ministry. Yeah, I, I, that sums it up. And uh, and so that's, that's pretty much why we decided we wanted to talk about this. One of the things that we continue to see that I've continued to see, and I know this is something you're passionate about, um, you even wrote a book about it i think uh didn't you it's a bestseller bestseller who amazon bestseller who hasn't heard of the digital pulpit amazon.com um is we're spending like eight to 12 hours hopefully eight to 12 hours a week preparing a sermon it's preached yeah and then it's done yeah never to be heard or seen from again yeah that's probably accurate i don't really understand the uh the sanity behind that, because quite frankly, all of the time and all of the effort that goes into articulating the eternal word of God to just be left and never touched, those notes never referenced ever again, um, it seems like a colossal waste of time. But more importantly than that, it seems like a colossal waste of evangelism opportunity. And so in this episode, we're going to talk about how you can essentially get more impact out of your sermon, how you can get uh, more runway, uh, more uh, mileage whatever metaphor you want to use and have that sermon last much longer than simply a Saturday night, a Sunday morning, or three services over the course of a weekend. You want to talk a little bit about it? Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, a sermon, if you've ever written a sermon, maybe you're watching this and you're a church communications person uh, and you've heard lots of sermons, but you've never actually written a sermon. A sermon is a dense a piece of work, right? It's it's an arduous journey. You've mentioned it. Pastors are spending on average 10 and a half hours on every single sermon, and they're doing that 40 plus times a year. Uh, 10 and a half hours, Dave, that's more time than you would spend eating your meals in the same week. Yeah. So pastors are working on their sermons more than they're eating their meals. I probably should slow down. They <laughs> say if you chew, it's better for your Man. digestion. So thanks for pointing that out. There it is. Yeah. So... <laughs> You know, this, the pastor, like you said, they'll preach the sermon on yeah. a Saturday night or a Sunday, and then it goes as a sermon link and a sermon vault somewhere on your website, and primarily, that's it, or it goes on a stream somewhere. Yeah. And so, it's sort of all this work culminates into the weekend, and I think there is a huge missed opportunity to take that content, that that dense piece that has uh, of research and, and a presentation, to take what your pastor and maybe your creative team or preaching team has done, they've worked on it a lot, take their work and repurpose it and redistribute it to continue the sermon, so to speak, right? Uh, to that digital pulpit that we have online. So real quick in one of our other podcasts, the preaching through podcast, my co-host Luke, he said that preaching a sermon is like giving a thesis yes. every week and people are bringing their friends to watch you. It, it's crazy because if a pastor is preaching 40 times a year, I don't know any other human beings in our no. society, in this world, that manage all of their responsibilities, and on top of that, <laughs> give 40 or more presentations in that year 
the essential that are each unique and different. Yeah. To a room of diverse people, the the single mother and the old retired couple that have been in church all their life, and and everybody in between, right? It, it's it's tough work. I feel like pastors don't get enough credit for how hard it is to not only preach a sermon and to do it coherently and effectively and compelling, but also to do that forty plus times a year while managing everything else. It's tough. So, uh, needless to say, a lot of work goes into it. It's not easy work. And so let's take that work and just repurpose it for the good. Ultimately, the end goal that we want for you, that we want for your pastor, that we want for the sermon is that it would continue to reach people because the content is evergreen and timeless. That's one of the things that personally that I love about the scripture is the fact that it is unchanging. It is the same and no matter how culture shifts around it, you can come back to that bedrock of Scripture, you can come back to the bedrock of the gospel story and know, okay, what has God always said about this, even though culture is saying who knows what different type of competing message. So I love that. We want to get that out in front of people because the message is evergreen. You've got seven different ways that we can repurpose mm-hmm. a sermon to use beyond the pulpit. What's the first way? Well, some of these are going to be obvious, but I just I still want to go through them. So the, the first way that you can take the message and repurpose it is you can turn your sermons or your pastor sermons into blogs. And what do I mean by that? One of the easiest things that you can do, especially if you've if you've got the sermon posted somewhere on your website, there's a URL, or you can take the audio recording and go to rev.com, R-E-V.com. Or hit up your tape ministry and get them to make a copy Man, for there you. there it is. Uh, th- them in the video booth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, go to rev.com, upload it, or post the URL, and they will transcribe it for you. So now you have a manuscripted out, all of the, his entire sermon, and you can let's say your pastor has three points in his message. Well, each one of those points has probably an application point, perhaps a story or an illustration, a passage. Each one of those can be a blog post. Probably You could probably have the introduction or the tension where your pastor sets up the entire message as the first blog post. So at least four in a three-point message, probably five. So that's one way that you can do that. If they prepared their message using Sermonary, which is an online sermon editor, you can just have them send you that sermon. Yeah. Uh, there's a sharing feature, and you can go in and you can see how they structured it, and you can use the overall note structure that they have and pair that up as you chop up the sermon into different pieces or put it all together in one giant piece of content. Uh, so using their sermon notes in conjunction with that process can really help you a lot. Yeah. What's the next way? The second thing is uh, turning the sermons into quotes. So th- this kind of follows the the first point, right? Take that rev.com. Let's say the, there are your title points. That could be a quote. Uh, let's say you're sitting in the, in the sermon and you're or you're listening to it. And the pastor says something that's tweetable or quotable. Write it down, save it, highlight it. And, and this sounds so simple, right? But how many profiles are out there with lots and lots of engagement? All it is, Dave, is like a quote from like a famous pastor. That's it. Or Spurgeon or a philosopher or or it's a scripture in front of like a waterfall. That's all it is. The, the thing that they all have in common, though, is that they are consistent. Yeah. And that simple quote comes out day after day, mm-hmm. or like hour after hour, depending on what platform you're on. And that's really what you're looking for here. Well, and, and humans, we love something that inspires us, yeah. that encourages us, that challenges us, and is set on a beautiful backdrop. Right. It's like, it's literally the easiest thing you could do, <laughs> right? So uh, number three, vest, uh, messages to video. Now, 
you might be doing this already, but but here's what I mean by that. I don't just mean capturing the, the sermon and then reposting online or putting it on your website. What I'm talking about specifically is taking portions of your sermon because Facebook, yeah, TikTok, yeah, Instagram, Twitter, all these these are platforms that encourage short form, bite sized videos, content, right? It's they're micro content platforms. And we as humans, I mean, you're on Facebook and you're on all these social platforms, you're watching videos. But how how long are these videos? Mm, Not long. 10 seconds? That's all it takes. 15 seconds? 20 seconds? It better be good if it's more than 15 seconds. Right? It better be good. And I follow Shaq on Instagram, who's a great follower, and he's always reposting, you know, <laughs> funny little seven-second videos, right? Some guy falling off a motorcycle or whatever it is. It's, just, it's very random to follow Shaq. Little insight into what you like. Right? But, but, <laughs> but there's always a lot of short videos. But for some reason, churches were posting a 45-minute sermon. Nobody wants that. On a platform where people's habits and their expectation is a short bite-sized piece of content. So, so l- let me tell you real quick, one of the ways you can handle that, it's very simple. Take the full-length recording from the Sunday service. Give that to a volunteer who knows how to work iMovie. Tell that volunteer, I want this broken up into sections that make sense. And so there might be six or seven sections that make sense, about four to five minutes each. Then say, I want it broken down further into under 60 second sections. So now you've got five videos that you could post on a YouTube or that you could post on a Facebook. Then when you break it down into under 60 seconds, now you can do reels and uh, Facebook reels or Instagram reels or TikTok. TikTok is still great. They'll allow you up to like 10 minutes, but they're great uh, for the short bite-sized pieces. Take that and then there's an app called ClipChamp, which is owned by Microsoft. And I've looked at a bunch of different apps in order to quickly adjust the size from uh, portrait or like landscape into portrait mode, vertical video. ClipChamp, uh, there's a free free uh, uh, plan that's usable, but the paid plan is really inexpensive. And that's been the fastest app that I've found to be able to quickly convert something for a different uh, format. So that's how you can do that pretty quickly. Yeah. And maybe you're saying, well, that sounds great. But what, what what am I looking for? I think the easiest thing that you can do is is to highlight stories. Yeah, yeah. Highlight stories. St- people love stories. And if your pastor is a great storyteller, most pastors are, right? Uh, highlight the stories. Those are usually shorter. And maybe if you can sneak in the applicational point at the end, that's even better. Uh, number four mm-hmm. on the list is converting sermons to podcasts. Now, I'm, follow me here. There's a church here. Following. There's a church here. You've subscribed, right? <laughs> uh, hit the notification bell while you're at it. Bing! Okay. Uh, there's a church here locally that they have a podcast where the pastor preaches his sermon. He gives his notes to two two people on staff, and they sort of take his notes. You know, it, it's all of his notes, right? Yeah. A lot of stuff didn't make it. You know, there's still on a the, lot left on the cutting room floor. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. And so I what they do you. is they'll do, take about 15 minutes and. And they'll go a little bit deeper. Or they'll 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 talk about some of the things that that weren't said during the sermon. Yeah. So it's not a, a replay of the sermon itself. It's just like, hey, here's what he was talking about. Here's a little um, backstory on yeah. this. Here's some cultural context or historical context. And it's sort of like a behind the scenes in a way. And I really really like it. So uh, that's one idea that you can do. So of course you can throw up your the full sermon on Apple Podcasts, but you can get creative with it as well. So. I realize that in the position you're at, if you're not the lead pastor, if you're not the teaching pastor, 
what I'm about to say, uh, you really don't have control over it. Justin just gave a great alternative way um, to further use the sermon in video. One of the things that I would personally like to see is after a pastor has spent eight hours, 10 hours, 12 hours building out a sermon, basically condense the entire thing down into three minutes and just say, this is the core of what I'm trying to communicate. Record that one video and then use that not only on social media and content, but you can even use that as a trailer for the video. This is something that I would really like to see pastors do because there is no time that you know your message more completely and wholly than when you just finish it. And if somebody were to say, what are you preaching on on Sunday? I mean, ask that to any pastor and they'll be able to quickly, well, here's what I'm talking about. Here's why I studied. And here's one of the key insights that I took away with, man, if you put that into like a three minute video that plays right before your full YouTube video, that could be a great way to introduce your pastor to people in a very personal way and really set them up to know what's coming in the video. So just another idea. What's the next one? Uh, Number five is to convert the sermon into small group questions. Now, this is this is a really easy win, and this can be done while you're sitting in the service listening to the sermon or you have the notes afterwards. Usually a sermon resolves something. It mm-hmm. resolves an issue. It answers a question. Yeah. And what you can do is you just reverse engineer the sermon. You reverse engineer the points, and you start basically asking the questions that the sermon is solving. And what you do is you can come up with five to seven questions uh, that the sermon addresses and turn that into small group curriculum. So maybe your church has tried right now media and you've tried different, uh, you know, working through a book and it's been hit or miss depending on the group, but you've really wanted to try out how to uh, leverage the sermon for your small group content, but you have been unsure how to pull that off. I think it's really easy. You just reverse engineer the sermon, create questions from the answers that your pastor gave, and that's great material for your people to talk through. You've got volunteers for that. You may have volunteers for video. If you go to uh, frontdoor.church, there's an article inside of our uh, blog section that has uh, advice on how to put together job descriptions for your volunteers. Because what you'll want to do, if you're going to do this right here, recruit a volunteer in to do that, but make sure that you've got that volunteer for at least six months. Because the last thing you want to have happen is teach a volunteer how to go through, listen to pastor's message, reverse engineer the questions, and then three weeks later, like, hey, I got a new job. I'll see you later. You want a job description that specifies exactly what it is this person is supposed to do. And then right in there, say, it's a six month minimum time commitment. And then we reevaluate after that. And then that lets them know like, Hey, if there's a possibility that I might be getting a job and not have enough time, don't apply for this, but that's a great thing you can have volunteers do. And that's a great way to build up your volunteer team. What's the next one. Uh, And the next one is turn your sermons into free resources. Now here's what I mean by that. Every church I know under the sun, right? We, we have our sermons up for free and that's fine. Right. I have no problem with that. The gospel, the good news should be free, right, for everyone. Uh, however, the, let, the good news wasn't free. <laughs> the, yeah, the, oh, man. Okay. <laughs> See you next episode. Yes. Uh, no, so um, let's say you do, your pastor does a sermon series on marriage every other year, but he's done one for the past few years every other year. So you have eight to 12 weeks of content. You could turn that sermon series, going back to point number one, go to rev.com, mm-hmm. get the, get that all transcript out, and now you have 
a content for an ebook or a resource, or it could be a devotional, uh, you know, a two week devotional series for couples, right? And you offer that free on your website. And again, you're turning you're turning the content that your pastor worked on four years ago into a resource that can allow you to capture email uh, people as leads on your email list and follow up with them really under the context of, of marriage, right? Their right. marriage or, and um, send them focused messages from there. So I, again, the sermon's coming through for the win here, giving you content. And I think this is a, a really, this is one of my favorite things that, mm-hmm. that people can do, but I do think it takes a little bit of work, a little bit uh, creativity to, to say, okay, how can we leverage this sermon series or how can we leverage this piece of content? Not as replaying it as an actual sermon, but sort of converting it to something else that can still be used. What's unique about that idea is we often think that the sermon series is what's going to get somebody through the door. And it may, in fact, attract somebody. If uh, if you're like a church uh, where I live in Arizona, they do a banner, a big billboard along the 202 that says what their current series is. And they've been doing that for years. And so maybe that works for them. I don't know. But we often think that our sermon series are doing a lot more evangelical attraction than they actually are. However, using the concept that you're talking about here, it actually takes the sermon content and puts it into a format where it truly can function in the way we think our sermons are functioning. It turns it into bite-sized content, right? Oh, yeah. If it's a devotional, they don't have to watch a 45-minute sermon. They don't have to attend a service. They can download it from their on their phone, you know, while, while browsing Facebook. And you are going to meet a specific need. As a matter of fact, um, if you are interested, I've got a video that shows how to leverage these types of resources into what we call pre-discipleship ministry. And if you're interested in that, send a ticket or send a email to support at front door church and we'll get that video to you it's about a 12 13 minute video and it goes through how to use resources as content evangelical content to get people interested in your church and extend your front door far beyond your physical property it's a really great video it's very poignant if i do say so myself and it uh, teaches you it shows you a little bit of context for what these resources could look like and it'll give you some insight into how you can leverage those what's the final way the final way one is i think it's the hardest one but i also think it can be the most rewarding and it's turning a sermon series into a book mm-hmm. now there are several services out there i know lucid publishers as uh, a former pastor casey cease uh, he started that publishing group you have sermontobook.com I'm unaffiliated with any of those uh, companies, but I have heard that they do good work and they can work as to serve as sort of an editor, right? Your pastor, you send them all the videos or all your notes, and they sort of compile this book together and you can write it together. Here's why I think it's powerful. Dave, have you ever read a book of, you know, about a famous person like Steve Jobs or... Um, uh, Jesus Christ? No. <laughs> like, a, like a memoir. Yeah, or, or I have. And you knew about I did. The, I mean, I did the Steve Job one. Okay, so you knew about Steve Jobs, yeah. right? You, you know what you've heard about him in the media, right? You've read about him, but you read a little bit closer, right? The, yeah. the, the, the book or it shares a little bit about the struggles of Steve Jobs, about the creativity, about you know, larger than life personality, firing people. You know, right. he's ruthless and yet he's uh, committed completely to to innovation. After you read that book, you have a deeper appreciation for Steve mm-hmm. Jobs, a deeper understanding. Uh, your perception is is no longer, I would say, one dimensional, or it's sort of three D, four D, 
I, I think the same is true if if someone comes to your church and they're new, and uh, you give this book. Uh, let's say it's a it's a it's a book on forgiveness, right? And you give this as a free gift for every guest, and uh, they're they're new. Let's just say it's a lady and a husband and two kids, and they come for the first time. She gets the book. They go on vacation the next week, and she is reading the book while on vacation, while sitting on the beach. Over a three-day period, you know, how long will it take for her to learn all this, by the way? Learn about the church, learn about the pastor's story, learn about, you know, an eight-week series you, on forgiveness. You could sit through an entire year's worth of sermons totally. and not get what it is you just described. Yeah. So she's sitting on the beach reading a book, and all of a sudden you can weave the story of the church, some of the early struggles. Maybe uh, the pastor has a, a personal testimony about forgiveness, um, and you sort of work through that content in three days. And all that when she comes back to the next service, uh, she's going to feel like she knows the pastor, the story of the church, the purpose of the church, yeah. the community. There will be such a deeper level of appreciation for your congregation and what you're trying to achieve in your community than if she hadn't read the book. So I think that's why it's so important if your pastor has a, a, a sermon series that you could leverage and turn it into a book and give it away as a free gift to all of your members, but also anybody that walks through the door, I think there's a really important and powerful opportunity that you can leverage that content to just accelerate that trust building process. One of the truest things about church attendance and visitors and getting people to return and consider themselves members of your church is that the preaching is what will keep somebody there. People will return week after week after week if they appreciate and connect with the preaching. We don't want to make it about ourselves. So many pastors will say, no, you know, it's a team effort here. The truth is, is that the music can be eh, but if the preaching is solid, there are a lot of people who are going to show up week in and week out for that solid preaching. Survey after survey shows that. So by taking some of these insights that we've provided in this episode and turning them into a reality inside of your church, you are not only helping the content to live longer and giving it a greater shelf life, but you are also leveraging one of the most powerful connection tools available to your church. And that is the preaching on Sunday morning. You are leveraging that into a evangelistic tool that can actually do a lot of the heavy lifting that you've been seeking to do over the course of the long term. You're thinking, well, you know, how do we get people to connect and how do we get them to go to next steps and how do we help them, you know, understand the story of the church? You're trying to do all of these things anyways by actually taking your sermons and turning them into this micro repurposable content. You are hitting all of the nails that you've been trying to to whack into that two by four, you're hitting every single one of them on the head and you're doing it in a way that's efficient. It's a lot of work. And I, as a former communications director, I just want to say like, I know listening to this, you're thinking like, there's no way I can do all of that. And I, I know that that's true. Um, but you can do one thing and there are plenty of people in your church who will be willing to help you with that, you've got people in your church who are professional sermon listeners. They've heard hundreds, if not thousands, of sermons. They know what to listen for. Find those people, have them chop up videos, listen for quotes. Those are just two ways you can get started. Yeah. So don't forget, the sermon it is a great piece of content for you to leverage 
Monday through Sunday, right? Every day of the week. And it can be used in a variety of ways. And it doesn't just have to be repurposed or replayed as an actual sermon. You can take that content, repurpose it, reformat it, and use it for your advantage in, in multiple areas of your platforms and, and your church. So ho- hope this is helpful. And I'd love to see what some of you guys are doing with your pastor's sermons in the future. So thanks for listening. We hope you appreciate the Front Door Church podcast. If you do, show us some love. Go to Apple Podcast or go to Spotify. Leave a rating, leave a review. And let us know what you'd like for us to talk about in the future. Um, We've mentioned a couple resources here today. If you would like more on um, seven ways to repurpose your sermon, uh, just send us a message to support at frontdoor.church. We'll get you some additional resources. And on top of that, you can go to frontdoor.church. You can see all of the types of resources. Sign up for a free account and extend the front door of your church much further than your property using sermon content. Uh, It's a really, really great evangelism tool that very few churches are using. You could be the first one in your area. Uh, Can't wait to see you on the next episode. Yeah, see you. Peace.